This is the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast, and I'm your host, Cindy. I gladly welcome you to this comfy, cozy space for introverts, highly sensitive people, and solopreneurs who help and heal. This is a place for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. Gather around the hearth, get comfortable, and settle in. I'm glad you're here. Hello there, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm your host, Cindy. Here in episode 88, I continue my conversation with Shannon Hears of Firelight Supervision, and we talk about specialized consultation for highly sensitive therapists. If you haven't yet listened to episode 87, be sure to check it out before listening here, as that's where I begin my conversation with Shannon about ongoing consultation for burnout prevention. Now on to our conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Mountain Practice Journeys podcast. I'm back today with Shannon Hears of Firelight Supervision. Um, Last week, we talked about the importance of ongoing or even lifetime consultation for burnout prevention as a therapist. So on a similar note, today we're going to be talking about consultation specifically for highly sensitive therapists. So I'm excited to talk about this topic. Yes. Thank you, Cindy. Thanks so much for having me back. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to tell people just in case they missed the previous episode, a little bit about um, who you are and about firelight supervision. Yes. Um, I'm Shannon Hears. I'm a licensed professional counselor in Colorado, also licensed in the state of Washington, but I'm based in Colorado. I'm a group practice owner. And I'm also the founder of Firelight Supervision, which is a virtual clinical supervision and clinical consultation program that offers um, individual and group sessions, uh, supervision and consultation sessions for therapists uh, throughout the country um, and even abroad, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and this kind of developed out of out of the need that we saw over the past few years for therapists to connect and have a place to come together and and get peer supervision, um, uh, supervisor led peer supervision, as well as getting some of that individual clinical support themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think what you're doing is really going to go a long way for that burnout prevention for therapists because I think sometimes we. Um, discount how important that community is and that support is when you're in private practice and it can feel sometimes lonely and isolating and and just being able to normalize that consultation can be a lifetime thing it's not just while you're in school yes for sure we as therapists we just love to learn and getting a place where you can really kind of delve into your clinical cases and different ideas about different interventions and, you know, even things that have to do with the counseling field, even some mentorship is really important. And I think will go very far. I am hopeful in in preventing burnout in a lot of therapists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wonderful. And thinking about, um, just special considerations for highly sensitive therapists when they're getting consultation or what they, how their needs might be a little different. Yes, I'm really glad we're talking about this. And I have to reflect personally on this. And I realize everyone who's a highly sensitive person or highly sensitive therapist is a little different. Of course, it's on a continuum. There's so many other factors to to think of. But when I think about the amount of support that I have on a regular basis for me to do my job, I mean, it's just ridiculous (laughs) to some people. (laughs) So first of all, I do my own therapy, right? Because we all know that that's 
uber important. Um, I get business consultation and that for me helps me make sure that I'm on the right, right road to my business. I just had a session this morning and really all I talked about was the mindset shift. I was like, I just have to get into this new mindset and I'm really struggling with it. Um, and so it was, you know, business consultation related to my, my business, but it was still helpful. And then I also get clinical consultation. (laughs) So I, (laughs) I invest a lot in, in the supports that will make me do make me successful and, and set me up in the best way possible. Uh, and I'm not saying everyone has to do all of those things, although I really do believe in that trifecta of, of, of types of support. Um, but you know, the one thing that we can help with is, is providing some clinical support to therapists who are highly sensitive. I just think as a group, and again, I hate to generalize, but as a group, I think we just need a little bit more support than maybe some other people do. Um, and maybe need isn't the right word. Maybe we thrive with, mm-hmm. with this extra kind of support is what I would say. And, and to me, that's been kind of a realization. I didn't realize, I didn't even know the concept of a highly sensitive person until, oh gosh, probably seven, seven, seven or eight years ago when my therapist was like, I think you should read this book. <laughs> and I actually had come in, I read the highly sensitive child book, of course, by Elaine Aaron. Um, and I read that first because I had a child who turns out is highly sensitive. I did not know it at the time. And then just found so many parallels in there to, to learn that I was also a highly sensitive person. And oh gosh, so many things made sense in my life. Like why this was harder for me. And then I felt this more deeply than other people did. And, you know, those realizations were just mind blowing for me. And so I think after that was when I was like, yep, I just operate differently than other people. And I just need things differently than other people. And one of the areas that um, I realized that in order for me to not just thrive, but to be satisfied and find meaning in my job and my work is that I really need a a deeper level of clinical consultation than maybe some other people do. Um, Yeah. So I think that's a long answer to your short question. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It can be incredibly supportive. And I think being able to have a, to be in a group with other highly sensitive therapists is very affirming. Um, Because I know sometimes when I'm in a group in general, and not many people are highly sensitive in that group, it can, before I really knew myself, I would always compare myself to them or think something was wrong with me or that I just couldn't, couldn't handle as much as everyone else. And I had all of these, um, I guess, unhelpful thoughts about it, like something was wrong with me when it's like, no, I'm just wired differently than everyone I'm around. And here I'm comparing myself to someone who is so different from me. And thinking about that in maybe a therapist consultation capacity, if you're in a group with therapists who maybe see a lot more people on their caseload than you do, and there can be some of that comparison and wondering why you're not able to do that. Um, So I think sometimes just being able to have um, a consultation group with someone who or with a group of people who really get you and understand how you want to run your practice. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh. Those comparisons are so hard for us. So hard. Um, and I think you're right, Cindy, you know, we need to know that we're going to be going into a safe place and a place that's safe for us to be fully open and vulnerable and to not have, not feel bad because of those comparisons. And I think that's what a consultation group that's designed specifically for therapists who identify as HSPs is very important because you know, you're going in and if your case load is lower than maybe, uh, you know, a, a typical or a normal ther- uh, outpatient therapist, um, that it's going to be okay. Cause likely everyone else in the group is feeling that way. Um, and that's, there's a safety in that, you know, if you kind of look at group work in general, you know, the best predictor of, of outcomes in group work is really having that safety, that safety within the group. And the, if you have that, then you can open up, you can work on whatever your issue is, vulnerability, connecting to other people, um, learning how your, yourself affects other people, you know, all of those things that can't happen unless you have safety within the group. And then, you know, moving into a consultation or supervision group, you also have to have that sense of safety. And that's created by the group members as well as by the group facilitator. You know, in our case, we have supervisor run consultation groups. And that sense of safety is really um, that that container, that group container is set by the supervisor and followed by everyone in the group. So I do think it is important to have that sense of safety so you can get the most out of your clinical consultation and really, you know, develop and grow as a therapist, because that's what we really all want to do. You know, no one wants to come and say, yeah, I'm stagnant. I'm good. (laughs) I'm not learning anymore. I know everything there is to know about things. Like, I don't think I ever hear anyone say that. Um, And so we really do want to learn and grow. And in order to do that in a group setting, it really does have to be a safe place for us to show up. And knowing that other people there um, have some of the same strengths, I would say, but also some of the same parameters around how they practice is going to be really soothing um, and help create that sense of safety. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And just thinking about having a, so do y'all do, do you have a specific group for highly sensitive therapist for supervision and consultation? Is that one of like the niche areas? Cause I know that uh firelight supervision is new ish as, as an entity and you can only do so many specialties, but I didn't know if that's one of those that, that you offer or that a, a group might build around. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's a little harder with supervision groups because you tend to, um, of course, that's state-based and we're only yeah. licensed in a few states, but um, uh, we do try to fit our supervision groups, make sure that the group members, we have several running right now, make sure that the group members are gelling and it's a nice fit for everyone. Um, In terms of consultation, yes, HSP consultation is definitely a specialty of ours. um, And I would say mine in particular. And that is something I want to build a group around. I don't have, I haven't really started saying, yes, it's out there and we're doing it yet. So I guess now I am. (laughs) Yes, I have one. Anyone's interested, kind contact me. Um, so yes, absolutely. I think that's just an idea that a lot of us are very familiar with, but me in particular, you know, each supervisor has kind of different specialty areas. That would be kind of my specialty area is is running a consultation group. You can run a consultation group that's designed around the population you work with. You can run it one that's designed around the modality you practice from, or you can run one that's designed around the type of therapist you have. Like we have a consultation group that's up and running now. I think it might be 
be full um, for neurodivergent therapists who identify as that. And of course, neurodivergence is very, you know, very broad and very wide, but, um, but that is run in a different way than some of our other consultation groups, because it's, it's specifically for people who maybe think in a more creative, more expansive, different way than a neurotypical therapist. Um, just as with my HSP consultation group that I hope to get up and running, that would be run in a different way than a group that's run for trauma therapists <laughs> um, or therapists who work with a lot of the trauma population. So, um, so yes, that is definitely something that we do. And I'm very interested in doing because because um, I actually think, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Cindy, there's a really high proportion of therapists who are highly sensitive, uh, whether we realize it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think there there is. I know that uh, some of my colleagues that wasn't for sure, or I would be talking to them and I'm like, why don't you take the quiz and see? So I've definitely had some people in my circle find out that they're highly sensitive because I think sometimes there can be a misconception about what that is. Um, just with the word sensitive and how, how it's portrayed. So it's not necessarily just in this, the way that a lot of people think about sensitive. For me, it's a lot of sensory processing things as far as lights and sounds and smells and the way fabric feels on my clothes and uh, sometimes getting overwhelmed in certain places if there's a lot of people or if the lights are too bright or there are so many different ways that that you can be highly sensitive. And it's not just about being a sensitive person like I don't know, like it would be, um, I don't know, just some of the negative connotations that the word sensitivity has in our culture. But um, yeah, and like you were talking about the uh, the different groups. And I think as a highly sensitive person, as long as it's a a group, like a small group where you can really get to know people, it really doesn't matter if everyone else in there is highly sensitive, but that... What has helped me the most, and I would recommend this to any other highly sensitive people out there, is just to really get to know what it is and how that shows up in you and learn to appreciate it and see it as this beautiful gift. And that way, when you are in groups of people that might not understand or when you're doing things differently, you're not going to get down on yourself or think that you're weird or different or that you can't handle all this other all the like the way that other people do things and it's more of a an appreciation and you're not comparing yourself you you just realize like this is the way I run things and it makes me really happy to do it this way and then someone else can do that a different way but like you were talking about earlier just making sure that everyone in the group really meshes and they um, respect one another. And so it's not that you have to be in a group with everybody like you, but we all know how important support groups can be when people, when there are people like you and, and you get to really be seen. So I think what I'm trying to say is like, yeah, it's great to have these specialty groups, but then when you can't have one, that there are some things that you can do as a highly sensitive person to maybe prepare yourself to uh, thrive in a group that's not with people that are exactly like you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Cindy. And I look at it kind of like a switch being flipped. Like either you look at kind of your sensitivity or, or deepness, uh, you know, whether it's process, sensory processing or, you know, emotional depth, you look at that as something, a challenge to be overcome versus you look at it as 
um, a strength and, and, and with confidence, this is just how I operate. This is just how I am. This is what I need to, to operate well in a world that, that makes it a little harder for people like us, (laughs) you know? And I think once you're able to flip that switch, you're right. It doesn't matter as much because you're going to advocate for your needs and you're going to say, this is what is important for me. And if I don't get it, I'm going to move on. (laughs) You know, if I'm, I'm in a group with, with some people who are really assertive and really aggressive, um, and maybe not as respectful in their communication, even, even after I've advocated for myself, like that's not going to work. And and I will say, we don't allow that in any of our groups. (laughs) That's certainly something that, that I know is very important and and occasionally could happen in just peer run groups. And I think, you know, peer run groups have a lot of value to offer for themselves, but you also don't know who you're getting. You, they also have a hard time um, staying up and going because one person tends to do all the work to get it up and going. And then that person maybe may not benefit as much from the group because they're the organizer. They're keeping everyone on task. And then they run out of time to present their own case, you know? Uh, um, and so in our supervisor led groups, that is one of the things we do. We absolutely try to ensure safety, respectful, you know, communication that everyone gets enough time to talk about what they need to talk about or bring up, you know, it could be case consultation. It could be, Hey, I'm really worried about this kind of new trend in our field, or what do you guys think about this or something current in the news? You know, we, all of those things are fair game to, to talk about and get perspectives from other people. Um, so yeah, I guess I agree with once you're able to identify kind of what your needs are as a highly sensitive person and advocate for them, then you can get your needs met almost anywhere that you want to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I love what you meant uh, or what you talked about with some of the pros of being able to join a group where like versus the peer led ones where you don't have to be the organizer or the one like you can just pay and you show up and you're taken care of. Like there can be something that feels so, so great about that. And I've definitely been part of peer led groups that have went really well. And, but there tends to be people have, you know, different personalities and people take on different roles in the group. And when all that is shared, sometimes it can get really confusing um, if it's not, not really laid out ahead of time. So I think that being able to, just say, hey, this group sounds like a good fit for me. Let me let me sign up for this. And then I just get to show up and and I know that I'm really taken care of. Yeah, I think that is it, that is very comforting for sure. And, you know, I agree. I, um, you know, peer-led groups, people tend to want to show up and have someone run them like it's a supervision, a supervisor-led group, but no one wants to do the running of them, right? Because, <laughs> you know, who wants to do that for free um, and not get anything out of it? So so that is one of the things I do think that we can provide that's a little different. And, you know, our group prices are very affordable. Um, you know, nothing's going to break the bank. Our groups meet once a month, twice a month, if you'd like to, um, virtually. So you don't have to drive somewhere. You don't have to set up the Zoom link. You don't have to make sure who someone coming and you know you just don't like you said you just show up and it's great Mm -hmm. yeah wonderful any uh final thoughts on our topic today about um you know kind of customizing or specializing the consultation or supervision experience for highly sensitive therapists 
Well, I think highly sensitive therapists, I mean, as a group, I guess that's one subgroup of therapists, but also within that subgroup, like you work with so many different populations. So you have Mm -hmm. some that work with kids, adolescents, families, couples, adults, older adults in psychiatric inpatient facilities, you know, in outpatient therapists, um, uh, offices and in agency settings and in private practice. So you also want to make sure that you're connecting with people who, um, who you can learn from and who maybe have a similar kind of experience of your of yours or work that you're doing. So so I think that's a good point. You know, we certainly have some highly sensitive therapists in our trauma consultation group, for example, you know, and that works well. Um, and that works great for them. And that's wonderful. Um, so I think really deciding what what are your needs in terms of con, uh, clinical consultation and and what who do you like to connect with uh, um, from the perspective of, of your clinical supervisor, because that's important too. We haven't really talked about kind of that supervisory relationship, but if you have a clinical supervisor, either you're working with individually or within a group who you're just not connecting with, there are other options out there. Try something different. You don't have to be stuck, stuck with that person. So really identifying and finding what's a good fit clinical supervisor for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful advice. Why don't you tell people a little bit about how they can find out more um, about, you know, if they want to join some of the consultation groups or get some supervision? Yes, we would love to talk to you. Jump on our website. It's firelightsupervision.com, exactly how it sounds. And we offer options that you can schedule a call, a free consultation call with any one of our supervisors. We are launching a membership program starting in April. So that way you would have access to both who you want to work with as your supervisor in your group or individually, but also have access to many of the other supervisors and other benefits of, of coming together as a community, because that's the one thing that we've heard from so many people. They're feeling so isolated. Yes, clinical consultation would help, but they really want to connect with other therapists. And so that's an option that we have also. So yeah, just check us out, see what we have to offer, contact us if you want more information. Um, And we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, wonderful. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks, Cindy. Thank you so much for joining me today. For episode 89, I'll be sharing a very important solo episode about my silence on the things that really matter, along with a call to all my listeners to either begin, recommit, or continue their journeys with anti-racism and decolonization. I'm truly grateful that you choose to join me here for practical, nature-based, magical support for your business and life. For more inspiration and to see what I'm up to, join me over on Instagram at Mountain Practice Journeys. If you're enjoying yourself here, please head over to Apple Podcast and hit those five stars and I'll be over the moon. If you'd like to work with me, join me in Forest Mind, my cozy, supportive, small group mastermind for introverted, highly sensitive solopreneurs who help and heal. And I'd love to see you at a tiny retreat sometime. May the forest be with you. 